Hey everybody, Matt Knotts from the Anomaly Presents podcast, inviting you to join us for the Anomaly Film Festival. It's our fourth edition, November 3rd through the 6th, at the historic Little Theater in Rochester, New York. We've got so much great stuff for you. Tons of films you've never seen before. One you may have seen before, but never quite like this. That's Friday the 13th, 3 in 3D, amongst many other great surprises. It's the Anomaly Film Fest, anomalyfilmfest.com, November 3rd through 6th. We'll see you there. I'm an important British actor. You're listening to the Beer Review Journal on the Lunchador Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Knotts and McKenneth Blue. Enjoy! Hello, everybody, and welcome to the... Beer Review Journal, a beer podcast for the discerning and biased. I'm your friendly neighborhood bartender, McKenneth Glue. And I'm Matt. Not are you okay, Blue? Uh, I mean, okay. So you know, uh, we, we've we've got the newborn, yeah, and we've got the two year old, oh, yeah, and we need to distract the uh, the two year old occasionally when we are dealing with the newborn, right? So, you know, we've been playing a lot of uh, a lot of Disney music on YouTube for and a lot of, uh, you know, early 2000s alternative. And what that makes YouTube think is that we want to hear Panic at the Disco play the song from Frozen 2. Oh, so. Well, that's fun. I don't think that's a bad song. The song, maybe not. And, and, you know, when it's sung by uh, Adina Menzel, it's 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 fine. Panic at the Disco sounds like a guy, uh, one of the chipmunks with its nut caught, nuts caught in a vice. Oh, I see. Um, I see where you're going. So noted, so. noted Mumford and Fun- Sons fan. We kind of blew. Huff my nuts, man. <laughs> You suck. Thanks so much for the commiseration, you son of a bitch. Well, what the fuck are we going to do tonight, Matt? Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I'm, I'm very happy to say that we have a guest tonight. Um, I'm super stoked to have him. He's um, a good friend of mine. He's, he's really the my, my brother from another mother. He, he's from New England by way of Old England. It's James Robson. Welcome to the show, James. Good evening, gents. Thank you for, for having me. Thanks for coming well, thank in. thank you for what he said. We, <laughs> we, we make it a point to, to run into each other as much as possible to really kind of amp up the awkwardness as much as we can. Is it showing? I can, I can dig that. You know, you, you already had me with the New England uh, bit there. I was wondering where you were going with that for a second. So I, I can roll with the awkwardness. <laughs> <laughs> much appreciated. Um, so... Multiple reasons why we've got James here tonight. Number one, um, this is uh, kind of like a, a "this is your life" slash intervention. James is the guy that got me into craft beer. Oh no, shit! Craft beer as it is today. Yeah, th- this is the guy. When I told the story about, he he came up and said, "Here are the beers you have to try." And one was a Trillium Metal, and the other one was a Heady Topper. 
that I'm was not James. paying the bills for AA, by the way, down the road. <laughs> I still, I'm adding that disclaimer. <laughs> it's mutually assured church basements for you and me. That's how that's going to go. But yeah, James has kind of been my, my partner in crime when it comes to beer over the last few years. So I, I have him to thank for all of this. He, he was the guy that kind of put me onto this road. So that's why we brought him in. And, uh, as it happens, he's our he's our plug for tonight too because he's he brought us the beers that we're going to talk about tonight. Um, yes, uh, we're always willing to have somebody on the show if they give us the beer. So, so you know, so thank you for that, James. Uh, he brought us a mixed pack from Jack's Abbey. It's one that we don't get here in in Western New York. James, do you want to tell us kind of what it is? Yeah, so just recently released, sort of at the the beginning of the summer, uh, Jack's Abbey. Uh, the, the pack is called Cut Through the Haze, so it's got their signature Haponius Union in it. But then um, I should say it's it's a twelve pack, so it's four beers, three cans of each, um, and the other three varieties are lagers hopped with some of the more popular IPA um, hops. So you've got a, a Citra hot lager, you've got a Nelson hot lager, and you've got a Galaxy hot lager. Um, and, and again, I, I thought the name of the pack, Cut Through the Haze, was uh, was pretty interesting. All packaged up in a nice, bright, crisp set of lagers, you know? Right. So it's a great pack. And I think tonight we're going to start with the Citra lager. We'll, we'll go with that. We'll let everybody get a, get a sip in here. Yeah, I cheated and I've already had a couple. Beers so. or sips? <laughs> What's it to you? Uh, no, just a couple of sips. And this is very nice. I have to say, that the minute you crack these things, all, all three of those you know, single hop varieties, you don't half get a good hoppy whiff. It's like almost springing open an IPA. It's, it's a lovely smell the minute they crack open. That's what I said when I poured mine. I, I got just a, a whole nose full of citra. I was like, whew, that's, yeah. that's not bad. I like that a lot. No, no complaints here. This is uh, very nice. Um, kind of reminds me of like a hoppier two-hearted, whereas I feel like two-hearted is very like very balanced, very straight down the middle in terms of hoppiness and maltiness for an IPA, especially like this one's, you know, definitely more hopped. It's got that nice smooth lager finish, though, that I like a lot. Yeah, you absolutely. You get that green is... on the end. Yeah, you almost get that biscuity piece on the back end of it, don't you? It reminds me a little bit of the... Uh, and especially when we get to it, not to be jumping ahead, but the Galaxy one, especially the Lawson Super Sessions that they did, I think it's the number eight that is the Galaxy one. So it's the Session IPAs. And I, I feel like these lagers with the IPA hops, IPA hops, he says, could almost disguise themselves in that market as a Session session IPA, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And that, that was very good. Thank you for bringing me a can of that, too. It's always like... Couldn't possibly be any worse than the Super Session 7 that Matt made me try. <laughs> that just tasted like fucking bar soap. Oh, that is. Is this beer or Irish Spring? Like, you're both right. What? One of the most notorious nights when I early in our friendship, when I helped helped him pick a mix pack, by which I mean, I picked out the mix pack for him. I should have bought it. I was a yeah, dick. I was a dick and didn't buy it. I owe him a, a, a mix pack. And I threw one of those Super Session 7s in there and. Holy Christmas, was that just a bad batch or I don't know what, but Jesus. I took it home and I went, oh, no, I made a mistake. You did a bad. <laughs> and then got to work the next morning and McKenneth confirmed. But Although, what would have happened if I was like, man, that was really good? Well, then, then I would have had a baseline for your terrible tastes. 
Right. <laughs> so, James, what led you to craft beer? How'd you get to what where where you are with it? You know, well, obviously, we start drinking in England at the age of three, so it goes back a few years. You know, it, it, good question. I'm trying to think over the years, especially with the the explosion of tasty beers that has arrived. You know, I have to say, I think one of the entry points would have been Sam Adams here. Honestly, you know, they're they're a they're a massively produced brewery, aren't they? But you know, they're they're an independent brewery, and certainly when I first came out here, fell utterly and completely in love with their you know their flagship Boston Lager. I mean, that's a tremendous, malty, lovely beverage. It's funny because I think in this explosion of delicious beers, it's it's just left on the shelf. It's so it's so overlooked and left by the wayside, isn't it? And I certainly drank gallons upon gallons of summer ale in my first couple of years living out here, such that I can't touch it anymore. I, I see a bottle of summer ale and, you know, I, you know, there's some sort of visceral reaction that involves running to the local facilities, you know. But probably Sam Adams, I, I think I remember coming out of moving out here with a little bit of beer snobbery, thinking, oh, you know, England's full of really good beers. It's got all of its old pubs and, you know, your old speckled hens and your hand-drawn bitters and ales and stuff and thinking... You know, and uh, sorry to the folks that to listen to your show. My my views and opinions have strongly changed, and hopefully that will come through over the the course of this conversation. But I, I think I came with a little bit of beer snobbery and thought that you know I'm not drinking your Miller Lights and your Budweisers and that shite. <laughs> not for all the money in the world. And I found found Sam Adams pretty early on, I think. So that's- yeah, there's 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 certainly no beer snobbery on this show. <laughs> 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 Yeah, it, it usually comes from the other guy, but um, <laughs> it's funny. You guys kind of have the same track because McKenneth will also defend Sam Adams to his grave. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like uh, Boston Lager. I mean, if I'm not in the mood for something that's, you know, super hoppy or, or you know, just fucking insane, like my D&D sessions are fueled by <laughs> fueled by a Boston Lager. So, you know, I, I'm totally with you on that one. It's a, it's a great beer. Lovely beer. Um, yeah, absolutely. You do the brewery tour down at the, um, I guess it's now their small, you know, the, the original site, but they really only do sort of experimental batches and stuff, don't they, down in um, in JP, Jamaica Plain out here in Boston. And I, Yeah, I, I did do that. Yeah, um, when I went, uh, they were in the midst of brewing like Oktoberfest and stuff because I went uh, during baseball season. Like at the time, you know, you basically walk in, uh, they show you like here are f- four or five fermenters and OK, and now let's go to the ba- the tasting room and try three beers and and then you're on your way. Get back on the, uh, the MTA and, and fuck off, <laughs> basically. Uh, so like I, I already told the story a, a couple episodes back, but like I was I was with my folks. They didn't really taste anything. It was like 11 in the morning. So I was just walking around Boston drunk off my ass. Those brewery tours were great because they just filled pictures, wouldn't they? And if you timed it yeah. magically, you might have a tour of about six people. And they, you know, whether there were six people or 26 people on the tour, they'd sort of stock fill, you know, 10 pictures. Uh, and if you, you know, you hit that sweet spot, like you say, 11 o'clock in the morning, Blue, you'd be drinking pictures of Sam, Sam Adams, um, and, and then they <laughs> slide you out the fire exit and off you go into the Boston, you know. Yeah, can confirm, because, like, the rest of the room was pretty full, but it was just me and my mom and my dad at my table, and they still put, like, three pictures of different beers on, on this. 
on the table. So, yeah, it was, it was a good morning. I think the Red Sox lost that game. But, you know, what you're going to do? Well, the good you news know. is if you're watering bound, down by Fenway after that, you, you were just like a local. Yeah, pretty much. I was just like, where's my car? Oof. Fuck off. Wasn't that bad. <laughs> James, can I have a ruling? Yeah, for fear of incrimination. Boston fans chasing me down. I, I'm going to decline to comment on that one. So, no, that I, I wasn't doing a Boston accent. I was doing Chief Brody from Jaws. <laughs> but, but actually, what, one of the best nights I've ever had in Boston was a a Jaws anniversary screening where they were doing something like 25 cent cans of Narragansett, and I got yeah, I got fucked up that night. Um, very very drunk. Um, I, I probably saw lucidly about twenty five minutes of the movie. It was a great night. <laughs> Why do I feel like Gantt has led to two of the drunkest nights of your life? Because <laughs> that that night in Pawtucket, I don't know how we survived. Uh, yes, well, between pour your own beer from your own draft pump at your own table was a, was a lethal introduction because the novelty was there, wasn't it? So obviously we had to had to do it. I had to draw every beer on the menu. Yeah. So yeah, we found this, we, we went to uh, Pawtucket for a Craig Finn show and we found a hotel that had a sports bar attached to it. And that sports bar had taps in the tables and it was like Christmas morning for the two of us. I don't even remember what we were drinking. Was it like, it was like blue moon or something terrible. All of it. Yeah, basically. We, we drank all of it. <laughs> basically. I feel like the only way that that could possibly be worse if, is if the, the taps were in your hotel room. What's up, BrewDog? I was going to say, I have been wanting to go to BrewDog. Like, give me an excuse to go to Columbus. That would be fun. Well, they've got, uh, like, those hotels, they've got, like, four or five of them at this point, don't they? Do they? I I think so. I know there's one stateside. There's probably one. Do they put one up in Scotland? No. No. Good question. What does the internet have to say? They're a a brewery we have to uh, talk about on this show at some point. We don't have to do it right now. Well, thankfully, that's not what we prepared for. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about BrewDog, though, James? Are you a BrewDog guy? I feel like they're almost. Uh, I think they've missed the boat a little bit, haven't they? They. I don't know. Like, I. I can't quite fathom where they fit in the the spectrum of things for me. They. They clearly want to be a craft brewery, and they've got their IPAs and stuff. But nothing is really signature or, or stand out for me. I most recently had is it is it called Elvis Juice or something like that? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was decidedly average i didn't love it i kind of the hazy jane is decent but it falls in that same wheelhouse as like the sam new england or the sierra nevada hazy little thing like that ten dollar six pack mass marketed this is what our our mcdonald's version of a new england ipa that's what this is it's not to say that it's bad but it's not the first one i'm gonna go for i think that's the other thing i noticed with that is that a rising storm glass by the way what glass is that it is indeed. It's a rising nice. storm. Uh, Willie, is that what it is? It is indeed. Yeah, it looks like, yeah. Uh, they have three hotels, by the way. Do that. Uh, two in two in Columbus and one in Aberdeen. Aha. Two in Columbus? Yeah, they've got the uh, the doghouse, uh, you know, the full-on hotel, and then they've got uh, two locations. The, one, the other one in Columbus and the one in Aberdeen are, are kennels, uh, like smaller hotels. Uh, I don't know if I want to stay in a kennel. <laughs> Well, the rooms look nice. Uh, you know, you've got a nice little run, uh, a corner to do your business in. That's not, is, is it just a bowl of punk IPA in the corner that you just lap out of? Yeah, absolutely. 
what could what could be wrong with that? Deep fried kibble. The place we stayed in Pawtucket might have been a kennel. Yeah, that was not that was not great. But it had a, a, a sports bar with a beer <laughs> with beer tables, so we stayed there. It was maybe the only place to stay in Pawtucket, as I recall. And when we got there, I fixed the toilet. I don't know if you. <laughs> I've never I had completely to, forgotten about that. Oh yeah. my gosh! I've never had to do that in my life. I walked into the the hotel room, and as you do, the first thing you do in a hotel room is use the facilities. I go to flush, and there's no resistance on the the handle. It just dropped. Not. Oh, that chain's disconnected. Uh huh. And then I had the thought: Should I call the front desk and have them do this, or should I just do this? Well, it's probably clean enough. I don't imagine anybody's done an upper decker here, so we're probably okay. Not in a while, anyway. Right. Not not in long enough to worry about it. So, yeah, with, within the first 10 minutes that I was there, I was in there reconnecting the chain for the toilet. That was a great place. What was it? The the, the, the dew, dropped in, dew drop in, in in Pawtucket. I think you're right. It was literally the only place we could stay. Um and it was, you know, reasonably close to the venue where mm-hmm. Craig Finn was playing, wasn't it? So it was, it served the job, free flowing beer and somewhere to land. Did the trick. When we went across the street to the bodega to buy water and almost got shot three times. So that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> really painting a rosy picture of Pawtucket. Probably not inaccurate, but still a rosy picture. Home of the Paw Sox there, Blue. Uh, I'm aware. Your Pawtucket Red Sox. Yep. Mine. I own them. <laughs> Congratulations on that. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so um, this has gone all over the place. Yeah. As it often does. James, what would you say your go to beer is? The beer that, you know, if you're going to run to the store and find something, if you're not like in the mood to, to find something new, what, you're, what are you going to grab out of the case? Do you know, most often, most lately, Lamplighter's Bird of a Feather. Delicious IPA. Just... Um, just easy drinking. I should know this. I'm gonna I'm gonna fact check myself. I'm pretty sure that's citra. It's just a big citrusy, juicy, hopped, uh, well balanced IPA. They brew it as part of their regular rotation. If you're just looking for something in that juice bomb, hop bomb meld, it's amazing. I'm I'm a I'm a fan of Lamplighter. They uh, they introduced a couple beers, all of a David Bowie theme. Uh, and as, as as poor Matt here can vouch, because he's heard me rattle on about David Bowie ad nauseum. Once or twice. Um, uh, here and there. Um, if you stick any kind of Bowie reference on a can label, I'm probably buying a case of it. Okay, so Matt, if we ever get into brewing uh, because of this show, we've just got to you know put like a pink and blue lightning bolt on, on one side of it and we'll be good. Mm-hmm. We'll have at least one person buying it. I'll buy shares at that point, yeah. <laughs> Just to say, yeah. Our third owner is, is on the line with us right now. The other thing I wanted to ask you is that you're, you're kind of running against the, the grain of what the other trend in beer is right now, because there's IPAs, and there's also the Sours. No, there isn't. There is absolutely not. They, no. No, piss, vinegar. You may as well just buy sarsens. Absolutely not. <laughs> just buy a fucking bottle of paint stripper if you're looking for that night out. No, no. Jeez, tell us how you really feel, man. Oh, I can't do this. I was, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we were, 
a couple of years ago, we were at a local brewery and I had a, a sour. I was like, oh, you have to try this because it's the one everybody's going crazy over. And you took a sip and I, 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 I'm trying to remember what the exact phrasing was. Do you, do you happen to remember? It was something like hippie vomit. <laughs> that's, that's probably leaving about 17 expletives out of that as well <laughs> and then we went to the shelton festival and half of everything there was a sour oh it's like somebody's left their dirty toe jam in a skunky sock and then liquefied it i, I you I, I, blue are you a sours fan do, do you drink them uh so I, i've tried a few um, some of them have been quite nice and some of them have tasted like something died in the can. So I, I'm very much, it has to be a very good sour for me to enjoy it. I've gotten a few from, uh, a place right up the road for me called K2. Their sours are nice. It, it, it's tart and fruity. Uh, it doesn't have that weird death middle state that a lot of the other ones that I've like the one I tried from dogfish head and another one I had by ballast point. Those tasted like something wrong happened. But the ones I've had from Mortalis and uh, Big Ditch and K2 were all very nice. My palate has never really lived. Uh, you know, I've never really enjoyed tart things. When, when we were growing up as, uh, as kids, you used to get kind of what we would call a 10 pence mix. You'd go like your, your local news agents or whatever, and they'd have all of these, you know, little candy jars and all the rest of it and for 10 pence you get your little paper bag and you could put various different gummies and chocolates and whatever uh, and anything that had like sherbet in it or had that you know the the acidic sort of crystalline on the outside of the of the of the gummy i could never tolerate um and in hindsight we used to have these things called ufos i don't know if you guys know what these were but they're kind of like these paper wafer things made to look like a flying saucer mm-hmm. and the middle was just crammed full of sherbet so number one some sadist confectioner was like here children eat paper <laughs> i mean that's not a choking hazard is it it's a good idea eat that, <laughs> eat that and die children uh and then and then for, for extra measure filled it full of fucking sherbet just to piss you off further <laughs> so i i don't know maybe it's ptsd from my childhood we'll, we'll discuss that on a psychology podcast somewhere well no i mean if it's just not like if it's not a flavor that you enjoy, then no, you're just you're just being a masochist at that point, trying different things. But like, I mean, for me, um, you know, I'm willing to try just about anything once uh, unless it's a Roush beer. Uh, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> um, uh, you know, drinking <laughs> drinking wet ash from a campfire doesn't appeal to me and anymore. So. Uh, Roush beers can just fuck right off. I, I enjoy the caveat anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I drank the two or three that were in that Sam Adams pack. And, and that that was my uh, my Anne Rice. Please, God, get me out of this shit moment. Um, n- not doing that again. So I tend to wonder, though, because there's a local brewery that just put out a, a Roush beer that a friend of ours works at. I wonder if Sam Adams didn't make like the exemplary version of that. Well, yeah. I mean, to be fair, like, yeah, it, it was a Sam Adams Roush beer um, may not be a, a shining example of it. But I mean, I've heard other people talk about that style and, and you know, watch them try it and not enjoy themselves, you know, so. Like, I mean, for me, if there's ever a, a beer reviewed journal T-shirt, it's going to say, like, you know, try everything, 
except Roush beers. And, and maybe Anne Sowers on the back, or at least in the small print. <laughs> we'll, we'll do the, the Robson variant. Yeah. <laughs> I also want to thank you for, for what has become known as the Robson rule as you go to beer festivals, which is anything that tastes like absolute garbage and, and, and is a high ABV or just tastes like absolute garbage. Don't be afraid to throw it out. Get rid of that thing. There are enough other options there. I, I wish I'd known about that rule when I was drinking the Chakavesa. <laughs> <laughs> but I was sitting there going, man, this was like $13 or something. <laughs> so I guess I should probably finish it, even though I'm really, really not enjoying it. Do you remember when that came about? That was when we went to the, the South the South Wedge Beer Fest there? Oh, yes. Yeah, that blisteringly hot late June day. We uh, we got we got pretty seen to that day, as I recall. Yeah. Oh, I don't, actually. I couldn't actually testify memories from the end of that day. <laughs> <laughs> Our wives can, and that's that's not great. Um, <laughs> that was actually – that was the first night I met our, our future guest, Chris Lindstrom, and neither of us remember that. Uh, so that'll tell you how that went. That was the night that Stromy and I met. Neither of us remember. But yeah, it was a – some like barrel-aged rum pumpkin – banana nut bullshit and it was like 18 percent and we each took a sip and it tasted like a yankee candle it's just liquid See, shit I, juice wasn't it Sorry, yeah. it was, it was <laughs> no bad. you're fine i was just gonna say i feel like the more words are in a name or the description of a beer probably the less likely you're gonna enjoy it the reese witherspoon <laughs> reese witherspoon i uh I understand in a previous episode uh, you have shared the the de- definition of the experience of a Reese Witherspoon, right? I, I don't mind going through it again because you were there for the, the Reese Witherspoon experience. In the bad beers that you've had in your life, where did that one rank? Uh, yeah, in there. Um, top two? <laughs> top, top one? Yeah, I just... I, I don't... Trash water is the only descriptor I have for it. Didn't we end up drinking the trash water because that was more pleasurable than the Reese Witherspoon? You guys did. I did not because I was being polite to to our friend. And I felt like I was, yeah, which I'm sure he laughed about afterwards because he knew what he did to me. But... um, I don't know if you would. Do you recall the context of this and the the brewery and sort of what it was touted to be? Um, I, I don't want to repeat a story if you if you have no, shared it. It's fine because I've probably left out some details. Uh, so, so the beer was a night shift brewing beer. Who night shift in in Everett here in uh, in Boston do some spectacular beers. Uh, if we're talking about entry to the the craft beer scene, night shift definitely are um, uh, sort of my more authentic entry point to the current period of of, of really good beers uh then santilli the 87 the whirlpool just some some phenomenal beers the reese witherspoon was not one of those examples um, and it was actually offered as an exclusive tap to members and i forget what the membership was called but basically you could buy like an annual subscription to the brewery and you know you'd get 12 bottles of their barrel-aged dog shit is seemingly what this was, frankly. Yeah, it was like and, um, a cellar club or a barrel club or some yeah, shit like that. exactly what it was. And, and this particular beer was exactly that. And 
a friend of ours, he had gotten his bottles, but they had had it on tap and you could only get it on the tap if you produce, you know, your, your membership ID. So he was, he was getting rounds in of this thing and it was just, it was awful, wasn't it? There were just not enough uh, <laughs> words to describe the absolute shite that that beverage was. Uh, it was so miserable and it was you, me and my brother, we each took a sip. And you and Josh immediately fucked right off from it. Like, nope, not not going to drink that. Couldn't pay me enough to drink that. And then me being me, I tried to fall on the sword and like, well, if our friend bought this for us or if he got this for us, it's the least I can do to because it was a, a it was like a half a pour. It wasn't like a taster. It was. Oh, yeah. There was a good six ounces of that thing in the glass, wasn't there? Yeah. Like six too many. Um, yeah. But fuck. Yeah, I did that. And so paid the price. Like, I felt fine when we got back to your house. And that next morning, I was sick as a dog. And I blame it completely on that beer because it wasn't that we drank an absurd amount. All of us were fine. All of us were hydrated. Felt like a million bucks when we got home. And I woke up and I was a disaster. And I blame it on Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. There are beers that you should ditch. You, As you mentioned, you know, you don't have to be a hero in the beer game. Throw it away if it's bad. And then there's the Reese Witherspoons that you should stick into a firing cannon and launch oh, to the next planet over. Good Lord. That was <laughs> the only beer worse I had was another barrel aged. And it was the year that you couldn't make it to the beer fest. We were there with it was the year that Dexter went um, and he and I got from a, a local brewery. It was a like six month aged cognac sour something. I don't even remember. And he and I took two sips of it. And all I could think was cottage cheese. It was like that kind of like awful, like lactic funk, like, huh, because it was a, a fruited sour, but barrel aged. So the fruit just went off. So it was like if you made jungle juice back in college and then went back to it now to drink it. Fuck. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Dexter and I each took a sip, looked at each other and went, no, nope. we're, we're, we got to ditch this. It's the Robson rule. We got to get rid of it. That may be another T-shirt that we have out there. Don't be a hero. The James Robson rule. Oh, God, that was the worst. So I guess we'll we'll head down that road. What are the other worst beers? I know we don't like sours, but like in recent memory, what's the worst beer you got a hold of? What have I been most disappointed, cracked open and thought, you know, that's a good question. What, what about for the two of you? Like something you've opened that you've just thought, you know, the hype, the, the you know, the build up to it, you've cracked it open and thought, nah, no. I will tell you this. It's not, not a, a hype beer, but I knew we were going into this hopped lager episode and I was at, at the gas station and I picked up a can of Labatt Blue Citra. Yeah, don't do that. that that's a hard no. Don't do that. See, I don't, I, I've had that. Uh, I don't think I've had it in a can. I had it on draft and I don't, don't remember hating it. Oof. In a can, not, not super great. It, it tastes like, um, it's got a lot of, uh, cattiness to it up front, by which I mean, it, it tastes kind of like piss when you start. And then it gives way to just like this weird artificial grain situation. Not a good look. This is a much better citra lager. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, how are we all doing with that, by the way? Yeah, 
That's that's where I'm at too. James is holding up an empty glass. I I just hit the bottom of mine. What do you think? Should we go in for the galaxy? I think it's time to hit the bar. Let's hit the bar. Okay, and we are back from the bar, uh, and we have uh, with us the Galaxy Brow Hoppy Lager, uh, again from Jack's Abbey. Uh, They're all from Jack's Abbey. Um, I haven't tried this one yet. Has anyone taken a sip of this one yet? Am I the only one? I have. I'll tell it myself. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. That's lovely, isn't it? I feel that that one needs like the the Mark Marin boom. Let me take a sip of that. That is just excellent. I'm kind of chewing on it still. Give me a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Talk amongst yourselves. I'm trying to decide how I feel about it. All right. Funnily enough, you, you you were just asking, and I was sort of trying to think on the spot. You know, a beer that I've bought that I've been grossly disappointed in. You know, buyer's remorse. And actually, the example that I should give uh, a beer that I was really looking forward to and hyped to try because I've I've been getting into the pilsners quite a bit again this summer. Uh, you need something to offset those uh, those kick you in the face IPAs, don't you? Yeah, and was really looking forward when I saw Jack Sabby were doing Galaxy Brow. To my understanding, was introduced in sixteen ounce Toil Boys uh, in four packs. And uh, you know, as you know, Matt, I am a Galaxy fanboy. Uh, Galaxy is my go-to hop. To the earlier point, Blue, if you if you want me to buy shares in your brewery, stick a David Bowie label on it, and brew it with Galaxy hops, and I'll buy all the beer you got. I love it. There's Southern Hemisphere hops. I, I think just lend themselves so so well, and the Galaxy, especially that tropical peachy fruitiness just it's a lovely lovely hot so i i you know i managed to get my hands on a four pack of the galaxy brow stuck it in the fridge got it nice and cold popped it open and got none of the properties that i have fallen in love with the galaxy hop about you know none of none of that fruitiness none of that tropical peachiness certainly it was it's a lager you know this is this is a lager so i i, I knew what it was doing what it said on the tin I wasn't looking for that big hazy sort of juice bomb, but I just it let me down badly. I'm I'm a Galaxy fan, and it wasn't until I went back to this mix pack, uh, the cut through the haze mix pack, and gave the the Galaxy Brown of a try that I actually think it showcases Galaxy really really well because you get the other components of the hop, you get the back end bitterness and the real sort of saginess, and um, it sits lovely in in a lager. Yeah, uh, the the reason I've been sort of holding back on what I want to say about it is I couldn't pinpoint what that back end flavor is. But you say sage and like, oh, yep, there you go. Um, there, there's sort of an an earthiness to the, the back end on it that is so completely different from the citra that we just had. You know, all of the, the hop flavor on the citra brow is very much, you know, right up front on the palate. And this one is all towards the back. I'm very much a, a Citra guy at Galaxy. I, I, I mean, I've had some stuff with Galaxy in it. It's not necessarily like the primary hop in it. I wouldn't make a meal of these. <laughs> it's <laughs> the only thing I can really say about it. it it's not it's not bad. It, it's it's not my flavor profile uh, is all I guess I can really say about it. But um I mean, this is not one I, I don't have to engage the, the Robson rule on this one. <laughs> uh, 
but it, it, it probably wouldn't be one that I would reach for um, if I had like a wide selection. See, for me, I find it it's interesting. I mean, like you said, there, there's a lot of, you know, herbal notes at the end of it. It's got that very spicy, earthy feel to it. And you're right. It does lend itself really, really well to a, a lager similar to like your, you know, the the classic German hops, the saws, all that kind of stuff. Like it, it's funny to think that 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 hop that you get that tropical peach freestone kind of or the stone fruit kind of stuff gives you this much on the back end too. You get a little bit of it. You get a little bit of that stone fruit stuff, but yeah, it closes out like a traditional Pilsner, which is super interesting to me. And the nose of it is full on galaxy. So it's like every time I sniff it, I'm like, oh yeah, no, this is totally New England. This is, (laughs) it's probably from drinking with you so much, James, that like I have that, that scent in my nose where I'm like, no, that's, that's, yep. That's that's going to be a goodie because that's yeah, that's that's the galaxy. And yeah, it's exactly that. It's the nose where I'm like, yep, this is going to be good. And then it takes you for a little bit of a ride and then ends like almost like a traditional lager, which is super interesting to me. Probably speaks to the, you know, why a galaxy, you know, you know obviously your, your American hops, your Columbus, your Citra and all that sort of stuff are obviously go-to staples for the craft brewing industry. But Galaxy is right in there, isn't it? And I think that's because of its its versatility. It does punch that stone fruit flavor out and then can make, a, can make an IPA or a beer, period, quite bitter and hoppy as well. You know, talking about go-to beers before, if I, if I had my, you know, if, if nothing was any object, uh, my absolute favorite beer in the world, I, I would just keep cases of, cases of it stocked is Treehouse is Green, which is their exclusively Galaxy Hopped IPA. It's just a fucking phenomenal beer from front end to back end, upside down, any which way you, you could it. And that was where I fell in love with, with with Galaxy, and that's still my favorite showcase for the Galaxy Hop. But it, it fits really fits really nicely in this lager. I, I, I came around after being extremely disappointed. Yeah, it's, it's very good. And, and I have to say, the, the herbal tones, because all the, the fruity hops kind of have that herbal back note on them. You know, Citra is infamous, and I think it's mosaic too, where you get like that green onion or garlic kind of tone to it if it's not quite right. And I, I'm not a big fan of that. It gets really vegetal. If you have like the, the Citra, it's either gone too long or what have you. This is kind of a, a nicer version of that where it's not hitting you over the head. It's just a nice spice. I think if you... Am I thinking of that right? Is it citra or mosaic that ends up tasting like green onion or garlic? I, I want to say mosaic's garlic and citra's green green onion. Yeah, I, I've never experienced that myself personally, so I, I, I'm not sure. I've had lengthy debates about the doppel—I'm uh, sorry, not doppelganger, the, the Jekyll and Hyde uh, existence of mosaic. I get exactly what you're describing, Matt. I get that, like that onion, just really off veg, you know, vegetable type. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, our friend that we were talking about, the, the Reese Witherspoon, he gets blueberries. He just gets just full out fruit out of it. And it's it's like that. Do you remember that old daft thing on social media a couple of years ago where it was gold dress, pink dress, and what did you see? And did it really mm-hmm. matter? That's that's the debate I forever have with mosaic. Uh, I get onion. Uh, my buddy swears blind. It's it's blueberry. I 100% agree with that because uh, I got uh, Lost Nation Mosaic, which it was like one of the big like random craft beers that that I first got here locally at, at that 7-Eleven. That's a treasure trove here around the corner. That was one of the first ones from Vermont. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll grab that. And it was amazing. And it was that it was the blueberry. It was a lot of the, you know, the summer berry kind of flavor to it. And then I bought it again about six months ago. And all I got was 
long clippings and garlic. And it was just, oof. I struggled with that four pack because once once you buy that four pack, you're, you're kind of pot committed at that point. You can't just pour them out. Unless they're Labatt Blue Citrus, but yeah, so yeah, that's that's the thing. I find it interesting that they have this like duality because Citra, like I said, you get kind of that catty note to it too sometimes, where it just ends up like cat piss, which is horrifying. That's a thing. If you look in the the actual beer judging, there there's notes of cat urine, which always kind of confused me. <laughs> Who the fuck wants to drink that? Uh, not me, but I, again, I, I've only had like good experiences. I, I hope to never experience what you're talking about. I'm sure I will at some point, and that'll be a, a weird day. At some point, you'll be on vacation with the family. You'll end up at some random brew pub somewhere, and you'll get whatever they they have on tap as their Citra IPA. You'll go, oh, no, that tastes like cat piss. I would assume. Yeah, but I mean, I, I get that all the time with the uh, the Voodoo Ranger Imperial IPA, which, OK, actually, I think that if we go back to episode two, I'm pretty sure I said a bunch of Citra uh, in that one. So maybe I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, <clears throat> it's out there. The The acronym I was looking for was BJCP, which is the the beer judging, whatever, conglomerate licensing, blah, blah, blah. That yeah, they they encourage you to call it durian fruit flavors instead of your beer tastes like cat piss, but yeah, yes. Oh, so you're supposed to say it tastes like the fruit that you're not allowed to take on public transit in the country it's from. Right, right, because it's it's better than you know the other option, which is to tell them that it tastes like urine. Because some people might not know what durian is, but damn sure they know what cat piss is. Question: I want to open up to the floor here, boys. Adjuncts in beer. The reason I bring this up is this week there was an announcement. I don't know if you guys saw it. Oscar Blues has done a collaboration with French's Mustard. And they are putting out a French's Mustard wheat beer. Okay, now does this have mustard seed or French's Yellow Mustard in it? Yes. Fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck right off. Um, I, I mean... Yeah, no, just fuck right off with that. Okay, so I, I recently saw an announcement about a beer that was, I mean, we've we've talked about how um, I think it's a Stoneyard has uh, like a Zweigel's Red Hot beer and they have uh, like a, a White Hot beer. Mm-hmm. Those beers do not have hot dogs in them. Nope. But somebody just announced a beer that was brewed with hot dogs in it. Yeah, I sent that to you. It was from Sheets and they brewed it with hot dogs in the beer. Just fuck right off with that. Like this, this, this is not a munch squad bit. Like I don't need. Uh, so uh, yeah, here's what I'm proposing to you. You get the sheets, hot dog beer and the French's beer and just mix and them. do a cuvee like a, with the Oscar black and tan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the Oscar blues no. mustard beer. I feel like you'd have a pretty good time with that. Right. The salinity has got to be amazing in it. It's got to be like a, a delicious, refreshing goza with hot dog and mustard on the side. James, what say you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, no. 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 What What other adjuncts would you say is too far in a beer? Like if, if somebody said, oh, yeah, we're doing a collaboration with such and such. We, we're putting this in our that. 
What what's a thing you'd be like, oh fuck, no, get that away from me. You've got to think the cheeses, don't you? When you were talking about cottage cheese tasting beers, when you start mm-hmm. to get dairy shit, can you imagine if somebody was like, oh, here's a delicious IPA built with Stilton and blue cheese? Nope. <sighs> Nope, <laughs> absolutely not. Somebody's going to do shittiness. Yeah, somebody's going to do a Stilton Goza. You know it's going to happen. No, here, here's my thing. Um, I, I mean, I feel like a lot of times even fruit is is a bridge too far. You can get a lot of those. Uh, like we've we've seen it. You can get a lot of those fruit notes uh, just with your your hops and your malts and you know whatever uh, grains that you're using for like a, a fruited sour that. I'll accept that. That that's fine, but when you start throwing like I, a fucking, I don't need beef and dairy in my fucking beer. Like, just get out of here with that. It's so gross. You're not Taco Bell. You're a fucking brewery. Like, oh my god. Like, what am I, am I going to be walking around in my Budweiser Crocs? Like, fuck off. So. The I want to say it was Stillwater and Evil Twin. They did the Surf and Turf collab recently with the lobster and the beef jerky. Not not up for that one. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? No. This is no. it. This is it. It's. And I will say this as a, a a fairly overweight man. I feel like this is like extreme sports for fat guys. <laughs> No, I don't even think it, it, it's, you know, I, it, it, it's it's a stunt beer to get people to talk about your brewery. Right. And what all you're doing is you're you're that kid in the cafeteria of your high school who would eat all the food on the, the tray that had been mixed together. And like you pour milk on it and people would give you five dollars. Like, don't be the kid that eats the gross tray of food for five dollars. Just stick to making a fucking beer and you don't have to put chicken wings in it. Now I'm going to have to say that there's a contingent of craft beer fans that are those kids just 20 years on 30 years on. And that's where this comes from. There are those guys and we've all seen them in the lines, you know, the, the, the tickers, the ones that, you know, you know, the guys that wear the, the silent Bob cargo pants down to their, their shoes guys. Those are the guys you have to worry about because they were the guys that, yeah, did eat the hot dog and chocolate pudding mix up on their their plate uh, in elementary school. And now they're all about this new oyster and lobster stout that whoever's putting out because they think it's going to be fun to put on their untapped. Because, again, big overweight dudes, the, the most exercise we get is opening a can. So we have to feel like we're doing something exciting. Right. So there you go. I feel like that's what it is. It's it's the extreme sports of, of drinking. What, what is essentially Homer Simpson's crab juice? I mean, all, all joking aside, I, I'd be curious that, that, you know, some of these brewers that have done these things, I, I think your point is well said. It's for notoriety, isn't it? It's for it's for hype is essentially why it's done. I, I, I think I would be more than inclined to agree with that. But what's the rationale? I mean, what, what are you looking to achieve at the end of this? I mean, there, there are certain pairings. You, you said it, Blue. You know, there, there are, you know, fruit pairings that seem to make sense. There is the coffee beans, you know, you get a really good roasted coffee bean, stout, chocolate in, in dark beer seems to go really well. Uh, but then when you start sticking a fucking stick of celery in something, what what are you looking to accomplish in, at the end of it? What's what's going on there? And again, as I say, joking aside, why rationale, you know? 
Yeah. And I mean, I've even had beer that was like, you know, uh, fermented over, you know, crushed up pretzels. It's like, okay, but the pretzel is made out of like grains and shit. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it still kind of makes sense. Um, I mean, beer for all intents and purposes is just bread water. Uh, Why? I don't need to throw meat into that. That's just so fucking gross. Please. No, like it. If I were to just like scoop some of that out of the fermenter and say, okay, now like eat slash drink this, like, no, I don't think they would. So why do I want to drink it? Their brew pub will just sell it as pizzas. Oh, Here, it's our spent green flatbread. Yeah. You have just, you've bummed me out with this question. <laughs> this is a bummer. Here, I'll make it better for you. The name of the head brewer at Oscar Blues is Juice Drapeau. Uh, how many fucking face piercings and tattoos does he have? I just feel like it's like a, a shitty, like mystery protagonist, like detective juice trapo. It's it's yeah. yeah is, is he trying to neg his, his uh, audience into cells? Like what yeah, the fuck? He actually has a, to- a tap built into his top hat. <laughs> right over his fucking goggles. <laughs> well, with that, I think I'm about to head to the bar. Anybody else need anything? Yeah, I uh, I drained my uh, my galaxy one pretty quick there. That one went fast. I, I, I take my medicine. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I'll be right back. Back from the bar once again. Uh, we are talking about uh, Jack Sabby Nelson Brow, the uh, the third of three hopped loggers uh, from Jack Sabby. So, what are we all thinking about this one, gents? I think this is the most unique and standout of the pack, in my humble opinion. You uh, you crack the can on that, you stick your nose straight into it when you pour it, and you just get you get the full Nelson. Uh, not to coin a phrase. <laughs> um, <laughs> You get grape, you get wine smells. I mean, Nelson, the Sauvignon Blanc relationship there just hits you straight away. Still in that crisp, light lager arena, of course. But I, I think this is the most distinct flavor of the three. You get the you get the juice punch with the citron. You kind of typically expect that. You got that earthy saginess out of the galaxy, which, uh, as we discussed, that was a little bit of a surprise for me the first First time around, this is something completely different. Again, it, it really showcases three different hops really nicely in a in an identical base beer, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, all three of these beers have been completely, completely different. Um, it, it's crazy to think that they're all essentially the same beer. They've just got, you know, one different hop added to them. You know, I would say even like the, uh, the body on this one is a lot lighter than you know, experience on the other two, which I would have described as a bit more of a, a medium body. This one's very light and this has got to be, I mean, I'd have to look at the other 200 beers, but I'm sure this is probably the only one with the Nelson uh, hop in it that I've ever had. Um, so it's a completely new experience for me. I, I'm still, I'm still chewing on it. So <laughs> Matt, what do you think? I really like this one. It's got uh, a completely different character, like like you both have said, it's totally different character than, than the other two. The other two kind of hit you over the head. They're very like citra forward. Just this is all citrus. Or the galaxy is that really heavy, earthy note at the end. This is just a really light, drinkable. I know I, I've said this phrase fifty thousand times on this show the last 
three, four episodes, but it's a very summery beer. There's no, it, it's subtle. It's nice. It's refreshing. There's some sweetness to it. You know, it, it complements the malt really well, I think, in a way that the other two, I'm not going to say they don't complement the malt, but it's a very different thing. It brings the sweetness out of the, the malt and the beer. It almost goes to a, to my mind, it almost goes to like a, 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 a cidery place at certain points where it's a very sweet and fruity situation. It's not as acidic or savory as the other two. So I think that's kind of where I'm at with it. It's uh, I don't want to say it's the most drinkable of the three, but for me, I, I could see. I mean, I know you said on the last one, you couldn't make a meal of these. This this Nelson Brow, I could make a meal out of like th- I could do multiple of these and not not be upset about it. Yeah, I'm definitely getting uh, some of that that sweetness that you're talking about. (laughs) It's I don't know. I'm not sure if it's just that it's a lager and I'm not used to drinking lagers anymore. And and the Citroen was very much in in line with the IPAs that I've been drinking. So it's it's a very different flavor profile than I've uh, conditioned myself to. And it might go to what. What James and I were saying earlier, I, I've been kind of in that same boat you, James, with you, James, where I've been pulling up a lot more Pilsners or a lot more kind of lighter, lighter fare this summer. I, I haven't been quite as hop crazy as I have been in the past. Yeah, kind of overdid the New England IPA there for a couple of years, and that was all I was exclusively drinking. And uh, there has been, you know, as the uh, as the hype shifts and changes and such, you know, you're getting these craft lagers and such and you know the, the, the various different styles and there's actually a, a brewery up the road from us a small little place called sylvaticus and that's exclusively what they do is craft uh, ales and lagers you know kind of more european style stuff and really just been looking for that something to break it up and funnily enough blue to to to, to celebrate sam adams one more time um, they started putting brick red in cans out here didn't they uh, I think Brick Red was originally designed just to be on tap in like sports venues and arenas and things like that. Again, certainly uh, fact check me on that, but I think that was kind of the origin of Brick Red. And with everything that's kind of gone on, they started to package package it into cans. And I've had some of that sat in the fridge quite a bit this summer because I just needed to get away from, uh, you know, I, I didn't fall out. I didn't break up with the New England IPAs, but I just needed something completely different. And uh, this does this, and, and the Nelson especially does. I, I think your analog map of the cidery profile is really interesting. I hadn't thought about that before, but you know, with a slight more sort of fruitiness to it, which obviously talking about Nelson, it, this, this could disguise itself in lager format in the cider spectrum for me. I, I agree with yeah, you. I think you could really make a good what a, a snake bite kind of thing where it's the, the lager cider combo. I think you can make a really good version of that with this um and it's interesting because th- that that kind of shift from the super hoppy to i don't want to say plainer stuff but but stuff that's a little bit more cleaner you know the the traditional beers i guess is what i what i'm going for here um it kind of mirrors what's what's happening in beer in general i don't know if you guys have seen it but like in the last couple months the the big drivers for beer sales are all the American macro lagers, like everybody's buying Budweiser or or Coors Light or whatever. Yeah, I, I wonder if there's anything happening in the world that has driven people to buying, you know, cheap beer in large quantities. I don't know. Hmm, what what could possibly be changed? 
in the last so since say I don't know um, maybe late February mid March yeah, somewhere, somewhere in there that those those took a, a tick up in the sales but uh, support your local craft breweries and uh, you know they, they need the assistance uh, it's a, you know it's a thing that's affecting everybody and uh, well yeah, yeah. <laughs> true <laughs> there there are some that have unfortunate unfortunately kind of closed their doors um, in the last couple months here. A lot have done a really interesting job of figuring out how to survive in this kind of new normal here. Not to bring the, the room down, but yeah, put hot dogs in right. your beer. Or like a couple weeks ago when I, when James and I did our, our socially distant uh, brewery crawl, we went to Rising Storm and other half, and it seems like they kind of have the formula down, and both do it in kind of different ways, but. I think primarily the, the biggest thing is just make good shit and people will buy it. And and maybe don't put dog food in it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I was really looking forward to my kibbles and bits brown ale this, this fall. And now I'm not going to get that. God damn it. <laughs> Gravy That's train what stout. it is. God damn it. That was the one. Oh, you got me. But yeah, it's it's been interesting to see how 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 places have coped with it, and, and what I'm finding, and and this isn't to cast aspersions on those that have closed. It's it's a conversation that James, you and I have had probably a bunch of times in the past, where at a certain point the bubble's got to break, right? And there've been just a ton of breweries that just pop up where it's you know two guys, one guy cashed out his four hundred one k or got a hundred grand from his dad for turning 30 or whatever and decided to open a brewery. And I think this is kind of where we're starting to see those separate themselves from the folks that are actually doing it for the the love of the game. For the love yeah. of beer. Man, this is just, can we get Sam Adams to sponsor us at this point? <laughs> oh, please, please. Do I have to make my normal pitch to please Sam Please don't. <laughs> they will give us no money if you make your normal pitch. I got very, oh, right. very drunk um, in the presence and at the fault of Jim Cock uh, ma- many moons ago. They, uh, there was a, um, a Sam Adams tasting event at the, I think it was, is it the Bell in Hand Tavern? Sort of in the in the uh, government center, Faneuil Hall area of Boston, one of the oldest pubs in you know in the city or whatever. And yeah. uh, they, they were basically doing a tasting event and I had gone with somebody who wasn't really a drinker uh, and they basically gave you a, a 12 ounce bottle of their entire range and you could try it all. And I, I think what you were supposed to do, you know, a bit like you do when you go on a wine tour, spit it out, you know, have a sip. Oh, that's lovely. That's a scotch. I'll spit it out. And I, of course, didn't. I was throwing down not one, but two of each bottle because the person I was with was like, I'll, I'll, I'll have I'll have the Boston Lager and you can have the other 36 variants that they're dishing out. And then at probably drink 35, Jim Cock appeared out of nowhere. I was like, I'll take pictures with all of you. And uh, there may be a slightly embarrassing picture. So I'm, I, 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 um, I may have brought your reputation with Sam Adams down by sharing that story. I'm sorry, gents. No, no. I, if you've got that picture, you know, send it my way and I'll put it up on our social. Uh, no, I've, I've actually uh, I've eaten at that place uh, a couple times and, and enjoyed a, a Boston lager there or two or three. I mean, I remember it being okay. It's a burger, but uh, you know the beer went down smooth. <laughs> High praise for this place. 
I'm sure you could do worse at Faneuil Hall. You can. Oh, you can. <laughs> you can do much worse at Faneuil Hall. Is this a taco? Is this El Paso tacos? How did uh, how'd you do this? This is a bear brood with dog food is what it is. Enjoy. <laughs> Here, this is it's a bear brood with dog food, but we made this look kind of like cheers. So here you go. Just when we're back to the, the Sam Adams uh, appreciation for a second, but it's contextual to what you were just saying. You know, the, the saturation burst. It, it's kind of sad to see Sam's try to do the New England IPA and such, isn't it? You know, they, they were starting to pitfall a little bit for me with the Rebel IPA series. Yeah. Did you guys try that? I, I No, but actually their, their New England IPA, I think, is not bad for uh, the price point. I mean, there's definitely better ones uh, for sure. Uh, I think I think actually the the resurgence like Sitmo or uh, the Surge are actually like a buck cheaper uh, for a, a higher quality beer. But before I'd gotten to those, I tried the same Adams one and I was like, oh, this is not bad for maybe twelve bucks a four pack. It's it's not awful at all. No, I I, I actually agree with you quite a bit. I think what I often thought about it is that's not their bread and butter. You know, sure. the Boston Ale, the Boston Lager, the Oktoberfest is an amazing beer, isn't it? And it, it's kind of sad to see them chase that scene when I actually don't think they need to. They could live in this niche no. market of doing ales and lagers and, you know, the Bavarian hopped European beers and kind of live in that, live in that space. And um, that, that will be the saturation burst, isn't it? Is everybody's chasing the next big thing. Yeah. Well, no, actually, I'm I'm super looking forward to Oktoberfest coming out again. It's it's always nice to have a, a use for my Oktoberfest Stein that uh, I won from a grocery store. <laughs> it was one of those. It was the same Adams like uh, cardboard stand up thing. And it had, you know, the little send these away things uh, attached to it. And my wife was just like, oh, you should just send one in. You always win shit. And I was like, no, I'm not going to, you know, whatever. Uh, but I sent it in. And a few weeks later, <laughs> this fucking giant Stein shows up in the mail. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, OK, I guess I got to get some Oktoberfest. So I did. And then I discovered that, um, yeah, that thing holds a lot of beer. How many does that hold? Three? Is it a liter? Uh, uh, it's like three, uh, three, maybe three and a half. It's so a it's fucking monster. liter German Stein then. Yeah. Yeah, and it weighs like 20 fucking pounds and is made out of glass. Excellent. Do you guys know what's keeping Boston Beer Company afloat right now? What product they sell? Uh, Dogfish Head? Sam 76? Truly Seltzer. Oh, Oh, that's them? them? Oh, man. Truly no. is selling well enough that there's shortages in most areas, and it's about 46% of the revenue for the Boston Beer Company right now. Well, there's 12 fucking wow. pounds in my fridge that some bastard can have. It's dreadful stuff. Yeah, no, I, I tried that at like my nephew's first birthday party last year. Uh, God, like, you know, in, in terms of, you know, getting all the way out of the, the beer territory and just talking about soda for a second. Um, like I'm a Coca-Cola person because diet Pepsi tastes like artificial nonsense and truly has that same just chemical artificial sweetness to it. It was fucking awful. 
And I tried like two or three of them to, <laughs> to see if there was one looking bad. And I'm here to tell you, nope. Because <laughs> it was either those, it was either those or Heineken or Labatt Light. Oh, this is terrible. Let me get two more just to make sure. Yeah, it's like in basketball. If you, if, if that beard ripped on me thirteen or fourteen more times. So yeah, that's. I mean, we've gone through a bunch of those this year, those seltzers, because you know, Kara's started to drink them. Yeah, I mean, I haven't had White Claw, but um, I can't imagine that it would be good. The best description I've heard of those is that you're drinking TV static while somebody talks about a fruit in another room. I think that's pretty accurate. <laughs> so we've had a, a good fridge full of them because the Mrs. Robson has been um, has been drinking those, and I I don't get them. I, I don't get them. If, if I'm going to drink, you know, water with alcohol in it, then I'm gonna I'm gonna get a right. beer. <laughs> right, or at the very least, that that's why vodka exists. Like talk about price point, and to to reference Night Shift again. Night Shift do their version of a hard mm-hmm. seltzer. Hoot is is what it is, and it's four packs of uh, sixteen ounce cans, and and the price point is sat right next to Whirlpool, yeah. you know their their, their pale ale. I, I mean, how it's it's the the ingredient is water and a bit of vodka. Yeah, it's it's basically Pruno for hipsters at that point. Like it's 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 just prison wine, but pomegranate. Our wives like them, so it's That's fine. Kara's taken to the uh, the Bud Light Seltzer Strawberry. Um, you take a couple sips of that and then dump an airplane bottle of uh, tequila into that. And then it just becomes a really bootleg margarita. And then Post Malone shows up. That is about the most Post Malone way to drink that, I would think. So that, that's what we do every now and again. That's a Kara Rita in our house. <laughs> Can I just say he actually seems he like does. a fun guy? He does. He seems like a really nice guy, and he likes the Olive Garden, which, you know, take it or leave it, but them breadsticks. I guess. that That's that's a bridge I can't cross. We live in a city that's chock full of good Italian restaurants. James, you this do too, true. so I, I can't imagine that you guys go out to Olive Garden much. Not when the North End is, uh, you know, available for your typical consumption. That would seem to be rude, wouldn't it? If you, you exactly, know. yeah. Uh, I, I have a very sad story about that. <laughs> So I, I think it might have actually been the same trip where I went to uh, went to the, you know, the Boston Brewery. We also went to the North End and uh, went to an Italian place. And oh, my God, it was fucking amazing. It's the best Italian food I had had up to that point and still have ever had. But Matt, you know about my yes. headaches oh, and what no. they do to me. <laughs> so we got back to our hotel <laughs> And I had a migraine uh, hit me out of, well, not nowhere. There was a very major thunderstorm rolling in that night. Um, So I got a migraine and I spent a good portion of the evening then puking up that Italian dinner. Didn't taste as good going the other way, oddly enough. (laughs) It's high praise for that restaurant. The best the first time, not so great the second time. But so I, I won't mention them by name on the air, but my God, that was just a phenomenal uh, meal that I had. Um, not so much a great spit later, but um, by the way, as I'm just kind of messing around trying to, to see what I can find here, I did find this. I don't know how well you can see it on my phone. Is that a, a cooler? 
full of uh, truly yep. and white claw. Can you see what the sign says? The nope. sign says the I'm afraid of actual beer door. <laughs> <laughs> and directly behind that, James, is uh, two four packs of hoot going for $13.99. Nope. By Whirlpool, folks. Just just get there. <clears throat> that, I, I think, is definitely on the list for a future episode. James, maybe we'll do a, a part two with you because we can get Whirlpool and Santilli here through AJ's. Maybe we'll do a night shift show. Man, is Santilli good. And I don't think, Blue, you haven't had any of their stuff yet, have you? Oh, boy. I have not. I have argued at points that the, uh, the Santilli in 87 for a nice traditional northeastern new england vermont ipa whatever you want to call it sort of that real hoppy real coppery um i i, I think the 87 and the santilli give certainly sip of sunshine a, r- a run for its money I, I i mean i think heady topper is a, an exquisite beer um but i i think night shift's flagship uh single and double ipa give sip of sunshine a run for its money I would agree with that. That we actually get it at, in the the twelve packs here. Believe it or not, Santilli comes in the the twelve packs. We get those down here. They they send those and the uh, night lights down in twelve packs, and everything else we get in four packs. So I picked up a twelve pack of Santilli not long ago, and I was not mad about that. It is the kind of perfect. I, I think like the analog here is like a a hayburner style thing. Well, I'm not going to be mad at but, that. As much as I love Hayburner, I think Santilli does it better. You maybe would have seen more, um, you know, a broader range of night shift stuff coming your way. They were they were looking to do a Philadelphia expansion, and of course, they've got their night shift distro wing mm-hmm. anyway. But you maybe would have seen more of a of an expansion to the upstate area had that Philadelphia brewery opened, and they do had been able to do you know Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, service that a bit more directly. But of course, current times are. Similarly, not to bring the room down either, but current times uh, have meant that plan is seemingly not going ahead for night shift. That is, it's disappointing. I mean, I think other half was supposed to open in D.C. and the, along the same lines. It's just not happening at the the time or the, the, the scope that they thought it was going to. But, yeah, I, I, I believe the only place in Rochester you can get night shift right now is AJ's. And AJ's gets anything in the night, sh- in, in the night shift distro, which means we're getting Pipeworks and we're getting uh, Toppling Goliath, which, man, that's no joke. What do you, what do you make of Toppling Goliath? I mean, have you, have you gents had that? Have you, have you dug into that much? Have you done any? Well, um, the time I was down by you, I think I ended up with – what was the the space one? I can't remember the name of it, but it, it was their galaxy one. Oh, uh, not fire schools and money. No. no, that's not the space one. Uh, oh gosh, I've had three beers. I'm sorry, my uh, my my beer brain is. That's where I'm at too. So, suffice to say, it was the Toppling Goliath Galaxy that that I got when I was down by you at Total Wine, um, and then here I saw it, and it was pseudo Sue, and then King Sue. That we can get a hold of here. They have like the whole line. They've got five or six different ones usually. But blue. At some point, we got to get you pseudo Sue because that's a Citra IPA that, for my money, kicks the shit out of anything else out there. Well, then yes, please. Yeah, and King King Let's Sue is the the double IPA version of it. It's it's you know the 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 big brother, I guess. And oh man, I enjoy them greatly. I think they do a great job. For something I never thought I would see here, I always get excited to see it on the shelf. 
You got to watch that stuff though, as a, a a cautionary tale, folks. Check the date on that mm-hmm. stuff because it usually takes. You know, it's great that Night Shift ship it in, uh, but it's usually. Uh, and I'm 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 not. You know, I'm not one of the. I'm not of the mind that if it's more than fourteen days old, I can't drink it. I, I don't live in that space. I mean, it's beer. It's going down one way or another, right? Um, but you do you do want to look at the dates on the boxes of that stuff because it could have been sat on the shelf. Um, and there are a couple places local to me that that quite happily let it sit on the shelf warm as oh. well. They don't stick it in the in the fridge. So uh, um, it takes a couple of weeks to get out here, despite good intentions on Nitro's yeah. part. Usually we're pretty okay because I think we get it about a week after you do. And like I say, I think I've only run into one where it's been less than optimal. But most of the time, the, the first time I got King Sue, the, the woman that, that orders from aj's was working the register she's like oh you found that great i'm so excited it's the first time we got it i love that stuff and i was like oh cool and i got it home i was like yeah no i i 100 see why so yeah i'm, I'm a big fan of topping goliath as, as, as long as like you say it's it's not a thousand years old i hate to say it but i think we're uh we're coming to the end how's everybody holding out i feel like we're all pretty close to the end we should probably get to closing out the tab huh huh blue Yep, it's uh, it's that time of the uh, the the evening. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. But James, we have love having you. Ha- uh, three beers, baby. Yeah, three beers. Shit. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, we've loved having you on. Um, love to have you back at some point, and um, hope you enjoyed yourself, sir. Yeah, thank you for coming and hanging out with us. Yeah. We really appreciate it. We will do a, a part two at some point with James because it's, it's a blast. So, um, yeah, I've been Matt Knotts. I've been McKenneth Blue. This has been the Beer uh, Reviewed Journal. Is that the name of the show still? <laughs> so yes. This, is, this has been the Beer Reviewed Journal. Thanks very much. Go have a beer. We love you. Bye. British actor. This has been a presentation of the Lunchador Podcast Network. We hope you have enjoyed. Cheerio!